Hello, thanks and welcome back. If you already listened before, thanks you for finding us and choosing to listen to the Neurocast podcast by me, Autistically Aaron. Hope you subscribed and said this podcast. And if so, I hope you're now considering yourself to be a Neuro Squadcaster as you hope this term go is used to describe our listeners. I hope you enjoyed last week's chat with Sophie Shalom Lavender. Didn't she make for excellent great guest as our first guest on the podcast? I'm hoping that you felt that it sounded great and still finding myself still getting used to recording this podcast and hopefully I won't have too much of a dry mouth from mumbling on it. And I'm hoping that as this podcast grows, that I can at least get used to editing and scripting uh, it and get used to communicating the ideas that I have on paper as I print out the scripts for the episode and get used to recording this. And sometimes the recording feels a bit of a blur with multitasking what is needed for it to be able to do the technical bits reading off the page and not trying to go to off piece at least. I've I've got a few messages of off off support, no kind support from my own mother with creating this idea. She found me from that and and a few friends so thanks for that. And bit of a exhausting first week, you know, not going to lay and you know, bit Taking some time, so like that's been very it's a bit delaying releasing this new episode. Felt needed to take a bit of a time to recharge and re-energize this week, and not to focus on doing so much of the scripting and work for this podcast to take time to be able to feel like I'm in the right environment to record and release this podcast. So I uh, felt like I needed to, to uh, in the time of getting back out from lockdown, I found uh, it's quite exhausting in, in terms of, you know, like re-entering, you know, like sentry and challenging environments, places which, you know, are quite loud or, you know, getting used to getting into more social environments, which I think is quite a challenge still for some people, you know, and re-entering society again in a way. Personally, I found this, that with the August, anyway, with the hot and bothersome weather, anyway, it's been a bit of a challenge then to function and, you know, trying to get around to doing some tasks like this podcast, which I'm glad I started and getting on with and found that this year, anyways, in general, been quite exhausting when to do so. By finding with the amazing amount of listeners, 35 already, which I'm pretty pleased with, and feel that there's a space for this podcast, especially in the post pandemic era, as going to be able to make this podcast a space where we can talk about different things in terms of neurodivergent issues or mental health issues. I found personally been finding the uh, hot humidity, the uh, warm nights and under uh, uh, thunderstorms quite troublesome in terms of trying to function. But I think for 
being in the world of foods and on this boxic person myself, I find that if he's out of lockdown, the new, the new world and the new way of adjusting to shopping and going out into outside environments is taking some time to get used to. I've got to uh, get used to a new routine of remembering certain things when going out and there's certain anxieties around it as I've been finding you've got been struggling to try to remember like about uh, making sure when I go out I uh, wear a mask and have that on me as personally wouldn't be, feel comfortable enough to go outside without wearing a mask and I'm finding if you're able to do so you know it's a good thing to be able to wear a mask you know some people aren't able to do so but also been finding you know like it's a bit challenging from probably many of us getting used to navigating around the new ways of shopping our shopping now feels pretty much amazed trying to navigate through the new directions of where you can and can't step and anything for like being a dyspraxic person myself you know trying to coordinate and, you know, like, yeah, you start placement and positioning of trying to figure out the steps around that is quite challenging for myself. But I personally find that for many of us newer divergents, if you're going out shopping or just going out in general at the moment, it's probably a bit of a stressful thing to do as many people might have, like, extra medical conditions that uh, makes it difficult for them as needing to seal it. As you know, Sophie Salom Lavender, last week's guest, said she needs to seal it personally. And with the sensory difficulties of wearing a mask for some people, it is quite a challenge to be able to find comfort in going out. I know personally that, uh, you know, people who are been unable to wear a mask. They've been able to use a sunflower lanyard to identify that they exempt from wearing masks. Whether seen plenty of people who haven't got a sunflower lanyard not wearing masks. But I suppose there's both concern then that uh, some people still, you know, not keeping to the social distancing and keeping distances from you. But I still find it's quite an answer's thing with going out and about at the moment. In future episodes, I'm looking at glossing over and highlighting the issues that many in the New World Divergent community have faced. Looking at key issues which people in the New World Divergent people have faced and the different ideas that helped them to adapt to the New World within the uh, coronavirus pandemic looking at different stuff in terms of how they are people are different are people adapted and reflected on different worky forces and different means of adjusting to within society of how like we can make society more inclusive for new divergence and how different people found different adjustments to make life easier within the coronavirus pandemic and looking at different means of how in the post-pandemic era of how we can make the world better
funny words I've heard since. So we're going to be focusing on different themes coming soon on that. Looking at how the coronavirus has affected care and support for neurodivergent people, healthcare, education, wherever need, different needs need to be met and wherever neurodivergence feel comfortable with going back to lecture theatres and classrooms as back to school starts at the moment, looking at different anxieties and concerns and how these have been met within the education system, different aspects like that, looking at different aspects on this basis. And when to also look close back at some of the feedback I've been having on this podcast from Deviant Dyspraxico I gave out this app shout out last week in this podcast she she was very happy with how the podcast sounded last week felt that they had a good structure which i'm glad of and that it was well planned she seemed felt it come all together very cohesively and very structured which i'm very a which i'm aiming to do with this podcast still finding a bit of struggles in terms of adapting and getting used to recording a podcast as never done before in my life until this point. And she thought I sounded well, but she got my accent spot on. At, and which I said 10 points to her. I'm hoping that I could sound like the Welsh, well, the Michael Scene or Anthony Hopkins of podcasts. But something but I'm hoping for anyway. I also had somebody DM'd me over uh, someone who I knew in sixth form saying I don't I'm doing good with this podcast and uh, she, I went and so obviously would risk to be named so I'm leaving her anonymous on this. But she knows who she is and uh, she said that uh, it came out across as very insightful and informative so thanks you for listening and sharing this podcast i'm glad she thought i was personally so far i'm just learning and reflecting on my own personal experiences as you'll find out on you later in this podcast and in coming up podcasts sooner personally well anyway this week you in this episode you're only going to hear about from myself because I have been trying to get people on this podcast and right now at time of recording, you know, I've been, the people I've been able to be asked to come on this podcast, I've preoccupied with different stuff and or taken a break from what they are doing at the moment. So I thought I'll give you a time, time for you to hear from myself to get, have a time to get to know me and in the first Anyway, in future episodes, I'm hoping to that you can be able to send in questions. If you just have anything you like, you want to ask myself, get get to know me, and ask about my autism or dyspraxia, anything like that. You'll be more than happy to answer questions on that. Anyway, in the coming episodes, you're going to hear me talking about the issue of gender and expression and gender identity around autistic people as this is a key 
issue within the neurodivergent community. Agreed to get uh, activist and uh, advocate Neuro Rebel on our episodes coming soon. We'll be talking about gender identity and gender expression, how they feel about when they opened up about being uh, gender fluid and the identity as being pansexual and to be able to open up and hopefully if you feel able to connect with us, you know, either tweet us or email us or send us a voice recording of your experiences with us as in, in those episodes when to be able to, you know, collect and represent different people's responses and ideas of how they uh, experience gender themselves. Personally, I find that I'm still learning and, well, need to learn a lot more about what gender identity means for people with neurodivergent conditions and gender identity as a concept as a whole as I want to be able to explore on this podcast beyond social norms around this and be able to open up and engage in this conversation as I still feel like I'm in the position where I'm needing to unlearn some of the gender binary language that we learn within society as still very much used to when when overly communicating using either the pronouns he or or her when describing somebody which I feel like I still myself have to unlearn to get to know people's different experiences. Also I feel like with this podcast going to be able to learn a lot about it on that front and look forward to be able to discuss anything that comes under the umbrella of the term LGBTQIE+, and looking forward to having a wide and varied conversation about that, and to be able to have my first proper interview on that, as with the first interview with Sophie Salom Lavender, she basically sent in a pre-recorded bit, which had to edit together and piece out together, which was a bit difficult getting used to editing. But I find in with the doing the first pop interview, it'll be both nerve wracking and exciting. So looking forward to that. As I said, due to the fatigue and exhaustion of the moment, probably due to the exhaustion of what I feel is the year twenty twenty has been exhausting for us all. That's why I think I've been a bit delayed in recording this podcast. Personally, I'm taking time out this week just to be able to relax, not focus on having a piece of recording this podcast on a certain time and being uh, indulgent on watching a, a comedy so everybody hates press and just relax and listening to some music. Which I'm looking forward to something discussing on this podcast. My, me and my interests, a feature which I discuss certain interests of my own and to discuss different interests of our guests. As a feature, as I stated before in last week's episode, a chance for different peop- people on a podcast to info dump about their, their own interests. 
never knew it was going to be so difficult to actually piece out and actually get the words out on the recording. It's quite a challenge, I suppose. Well, uh, well I'm getting now comfortable to get into the swing of recording and podcasting and feel comfortable getting a bit more chatty on this as I tend to be on Twitter and social media as I see myself pretty much as a self-confessed social media and Twitter addict. I suppose got cut down on that a bit, a bit maybe. But anyway, I found it a great platform to be able to get engaged with the artistic and neurodivergent community as enabled me to find so many people and learn so much about in a way about myself for that. Uh, and hope this podcast, you know, comes as a place where it can expand on that and learn more on that and you know uh, uh, this podcast as I said comes with new challenges you know it is quite uh, difficult now for myself to be able to open up on on the microphone and you know, create a space for me to speak aloud about my own experiences being autistic and dyspraxic myself as personally previously found it as such a difficult thing for myself to do due to many years of masking and it is quite challenging to actually find a space to open up and express about this as I found it quite difficult to do so before when in school and education and sixth form as sometimes it's you feel pressed into masking as you just don't have those convict first seasons about being autistic within education with your school peers or that or even in the classroom as you don't really get taught anything within school about being autistic as I found out would have helped myself create a bit more to understand myself. I've recently done a series of uh, blog posts on why this is difficult for me. So this feature comes hand in hand with my WordPress blog series, Neurodivergency and Me, and this is the first part of it on a podcast. Going to be a semi-regular feature, which I'm going to open up and explain your questions, answering your questions and giving you a chance to get to know the host of this podcast, me, Autistically Aaron. Similar to that, what... I do with neurodivergency and this, this series where I chat to different neurodivergent people to give them a chance to explain their own experiences in their own words. So this is fairly similar, but from my own words. The idea of doing this podcast, recording this and putting this out for anyone to hear has previously been a daunting thing. Something that would just tied me knots, well, tied my stomach in knots, if you get what I mean, with anxiety because it is, it has been a quite nerve-wracking thing for me to be able to, in the past, open up about my own experiences. But I'm in a position now where I'm feeling a bit more comfortable to do so and venture out embarking on a new venture with this podcast sense of anxiety but I feel like I would you know, 
gain some maths with doing this and to be able to learn more about myself, a chance to discover myself, but that you're going to hear a lot more from in this podcast. And hopefully soon I'll request them to record an equipment and actually get used to recording these as I'm finding it so troublesome to know what words to put out and to properly read off script. And so, so I... So last week our guest, Sophia Salom Lavender, ended up talking about her thoughts on functional labels. So I thought, in getting to know myself, I thought I'd give you a taste of what this means to me. I, I was originally diagnosed 10 years ago, which to my memory was like when I was 10, uh, with the di- diagnosis of Asperger's syndrome, which was considered considered a diagnosis at the time, but my memory was stated to be a mild diagnosis, which for myself doesn't seem to be the accurate This, as Alam Lavender said last week, is pretty much old language term in terms of diagnosis, as uh, this is something that was used by uh, the diagnosis at the time, and uh, which is difficult to describe for myself as personally the function and labels don't don't work as personally I think that you know like I find certain things difficult and certain things easier in terms of functioning and I don't f- find that I function in the same rigid really constantly. As if I were to describe myself as someone with Asperger's syndrome or mildly autistic, I feel that wouldn't describe rightly for me because the the use of like the word with in terms of language for many on the autistic or who are autistic find the the use of the word with autism itself as something that seems like they implies some sort of like separation from yourself, which you'll always be constantly autistic and you know like it's something that you can't separate from the person and is a part of a key feature of who the person or an autistic person is and personally find with the use of mild or even the use of the word you know as birds as or that type of thing is very outdated as we all autistic and there's no single way that you can describe how we function and in terms of functionality each autistic individual functions different when it comes to certain things it's like personally I find it difficult to function on certain independent things like being able to go out on my own or socialise like that. It's something I always have anxiety and challenges with, sensory challenges with, which until recently I'm only kind of learning about now. It's like personally I find sometimes it can be challenging to function and remember to do certain day-to-day tasks as we've been dispaxical so but then it can be
be quite able to function on suit and other stuff which will probably gloss on to it in the future and certain problem solving stuff maybe as well. So I find with the functioning terms it can give the wrong impression of what of who an artistic person is they themselves as I find it's better to learn from the individual what certain needs they need and certain reasonable adjustments we need to be able to function within society and within our workplaces, schools, whatever, as we all function differently at different times. And also personally find that sometimes functioning labels give you the wrong impression and come with like certain social meanings as people give like think like different attitudes towards being made or severe autistic giving you different maybe ableist impressions subconsciously of like what you think a person could or couldn't do or like what what their certain abilities are I think with saying someone is mildly autistic or saying that someone has Asperger's syndrome, even though there's a problematic history that term, sometimes gives you that expertise that somebody would be able to function and, you know, be able to mask the autistic selves and be expected more to blend in with a more, as they say, holistic society, a term used to describe non-artistic people. As I said, it's only until now that I've recently feeling that I'm more able to actually say that I'm autistic or dyspraxic and open up about the, these diagnoses and I'm finding that I'm kind of exploring more ways of how to express this myself and still trying to unlearn and overcome some of the like social barriers around feeling the need to express, to feel the need to mask or feel the need like I'm unable to like express that I am autistic or dyspraxic. I understand that for many of us, like myself included, that they kind of feel the need or like the total need from others to expect it to mask due to the needs of like some people feeling safety or like feeling like they may be like you worry about social judgment and anxiety around that which I'm hoping with this platform can change to overcome. Personally I feel that I've always been like so pretty chatty and talkative with my peers throughout school and sixth form probably from like a whole angle of masking and social expectations which in the past I would admit I been able to do but it doesn't come without its challenges feeling the not knowing how to like you know react and interact in a social environment and sometimes although many autistic people say like they struggle with small talk personally I find that has in the past been easier as you know what to expect from that conversation and can work off a script and sometimes when got going on to different other social conversations, maybe some more deeper stuff, I sometimes find it hard to 
navigate that conversation as it comes with interpreting context and emotions which sometimes can be quite hard in that situation as trying to interpret my own emotions in that sense which has always been a struggle for myself and especially when to try as that's been a bit of a barrier to be able to open up about my own experiences being autistic and dyspraxic and uh, state my own, I guess, vulnerable side from that and be more honest side on that. As personally, I think I've been wanting to say about this and to be able to sp- speak openly about this for some time, but I guess I never knew how to all, like, feel comfortable how to offer this with my peers. As I said, I wish I was able to learn more about neurodivergence at school as and learn about history of ableism and that in a modern context in school as I felt would have felt probably maybe easier to have some of these conversations with my peers or at least be able to find out what my own individual needs are and what they needed within a school environment into in terms of regional reasonable adjustments even. But yeah, I think I was able to access reasonable adjustments from school records, like adjustments from my dyspraxia as I had a sport assistant and many other like enlarged resources and you know like time time to leave less earlier, like five minutes earlier to avoid some of the crowds and be able to navigate through to the next class. As I said, it's only in recent times I backed up the confidence to feel like I could serve that open with others. First of all, I did it by texting some school friends or some people I was in sixth form with, who I could trust with that, privately said that with them. And I was always fearful of that because sometimes I'm not sure what, what to expect from serving us openly. I had that churning, like, butterfly feeling inside, being able to, like, release, release this from within me to be able to say, I am autistic to others. And it was quite a challenging thing at first. But I, I'm glad to, that I was able to overcome that and say that to others because it was such a great lifted on me as I only was able to do that halfway full six form but I had such great reactions from many others and whom still being able to help help myself, you know you know, like be able to give occasional texts and stuff like that. But I think this comes from my own experiences of masking. But I found maybe with this pandemic this year, I found a space for me to try to think out how I can start to open up about these things a bit more wider than what I have done as with creating this podcast and blogging platform and social media accounts. It's been quite a big thing for me to step up and do, especially after a period of uncertainty for me recently as personally I tried to 
studiatim nevius tia at the start of last last year so September 2019 so pretty much a year ago now to when this is being released and recorded but I found so many struggles with the challenge in challenges which come with such big chains to overwhelming for my own mental health and anxiety. I personally find it easier when I can focus on honing at one change at once, but with university it came with too many changes at once in terms of changes with my learning and academic structure as that's different to what I was used to at sixth form. There was changes with different social people, well, different people to socialise with and all new people, new sense of independence, a new sense of environment and sensory experiences which became too overwhelming as I was uncertain and didn't quite know how to deal with that. Personally, I found there was a bit of delay in terms of access and reasonable adjustments, but I wasn't quite sure or felt like I was prepared to deal with the anxiety that comes with moving on to a new step that was for me university. I think when I ended sixth form, I was struggling to know whether this is what I wanted what I, I want. I still not sure quite now, but I think in, I kind of got a chance now with with this time I find myself in to actually find that now. Personally, I found on last year's results day when I had the results to say that I got into university and I had the results I needed to, to get on to the next step. I was quite happy that I did that, got the results I needed, worked hard, got what I needed, as I said. But at the same time, I was blown away, like, whoa, this is real. Like, I didn't know how to deal with the next step and quite know how to handle that. It, be, it seemed quite all too much of the time. I personally found my, myself in a position where I empathise and feeling that with the whole situation around getting exam results or getting any sort of results and changing from an education of like college or sixth form to university or any form of higher education, apprenticeships, workplaces. At the moment there's a lot that needs to go in in a direction of improve thinking of how this can improve for students' mental health. As you know, it was incredibly challenging this year for the students getting the results in a state where they didn't know what results they could have because the coronavirus pandemic. They couldn't do the exams, students couldn't. So I, so I feel like we need to be able to look at in the future of education of how we can make education a place where we focus on the mental wellness and changes and remove some of the stresses of studying exam subjects. This period of uncertainty, change and exhaustion caused by not knowing what I'm going to do next, 
because the university aren't getting used to like whole new way of things because the coronavirus pandemic has kind of made me think that in the future I want to be able to unmask and let my guard down a bit. As I said, I had to take myself out of university for mental health reasons because it became too much as I was becoming to a state of burnout exhaustion and a real challenge in time for myself due to the challenges of masking in university when I became unable to do so anymore which kind of goes to show how the damage of using functioning terms and sometimes expecting us to function or not knowing how to function in different environments where we find it's a challenge to do so. I think personally with the challenges of changes that I faced recently and the knowing that I'm unable to mask in ways I have done before and went into, you know, create more awareness and learn a bit more about this. That's inspired me to make this platform, especially inspired by the voices that I've been re- researching and hearing from within the community. And, uh, and I've said, be, like before, like if, you know, don't want to be boxed into labels of Asperger's syndrome or being mildly autistic. I'm autistic and this will never change. And for the for, uh, for the uncertainty of the pa- past few months, this has enabled me to try to take control of this narrative. And as I said earlier on this point, maybe rambling a bit more and mask and let my guard down. Recently, I've been uh, in, invested in your defenders as been using that in the privacy of my own home to get used to it, using them and uh, finding it's much more easier sometimes when I get totally get over into the background noises which I definitely experienced and which sometimes it gets quite overwhelming at times of burnout of course so that those such things are quite helpful and uh, trying to like get used to like with masking, I think I was so used to social norms and society's social norms of like stuff like that due to masking. I feel like I'm trying to step away with and getting used to being away from such that previously because of my, I guess, social anxiety or anxiety in general. Anyway, social norms don't come naturally for an autistic person. Any or any neurodivergent person in general, as our brains uh, operate differently and divergent from the social norms within society. And so I find that I'm trying to like overcome some of these social no- norms, which makes it struggle for me to be independent and finding different ways of like how I can make reasonable adjustments for this in my own life and focus on different ways of like so don't feel pressed into doing so. As I said, I always struggled with 
lady of going out without the support of like my own family. It's just been like a challenge for me. And I've really been comfortable with like going outside, like outside of school hours. Sometimes, sometimes with my own peers in sixth form of school, and struggle, struggle, uh, challenges with the concept of independence due to social challenges and sensory challenges. Yeah, which has always been difficult for me, as with the whole noise and background in like navigating full busy areas think thinking of multitasking on different things that needs to navigate in around busy roads or like navigating directions to new places quite stressful for me or even a place where I've been before so uh, this this uh social challenge it's always been a quite big thing for me and which I have experienced at times which I have tried to be independent by going out in the past I was pretty pleased though with uh, as I always been quite got along with my uh, peers relative in school or sixth form I was personally so pleased when I finished sixth form that I problem amongst my peers uh, and I was as I was voted prom king just last year and as uh, attending prom was personally quite a challenge for me, for me before that as got quite anxious and quite overwhelmed to the senses on the bus as quite loud and excitable as ending that sixth form in a quite style so ended getting quite panicky but I was happy that there was some people to support me for that and to help me with anxiety in that situation but I was quite happy that I ended up enjoying the night and coming back as sixth form king and enjoyed such, such a good night. I feel fortunate in terms of the success that I had with my peers and getting along with them and being so popular with them as in all some new divergent people out there haven't had the best experiences with school or, or sixth form or higher education whatever because they do so certain challenges whatsoever so recognize in a way it's kind of fortunate and privileged that I met, met a group of nicer people who valued me and were so kind and nice to myself so that this is what was the, kind of the first part of the chapter in my story in the whole feature segment that will run semi-occasionally on this podcast, New Divergency and Me, in relation to the blog posts I've been making on the WordPress. But I also sent out a request asking for people's questions, a request just before recording, and we'll I'll be going through some of these questions that were submitted by people for me to answer. Remember, if you ever have a question for me, any suggestions or ideas for us to discuss later on in this podcast in future episodes, please email me in dnewonews 
at gmail.com that's nd.newonews at gmail.com even treat us follow us on instagram inbox us there treat well yet as i said treat us find us on facebook and communicate to us there but now on to the questions the first question i have had is from callum callum brought Brazo, fancy for your question. Callum asked, wondering how I relax and express myself. And what I had to say to this is, firstly, I do find still creating a platform, finding, so I'm still at that position to find myself. And personally, recently, I have had the ability to look back and reflect on how I've masked for most of my life and how and how I like still finding myself how to do this and how to unmask and express myself which I think is okay as I know many people still find themselves in this situation to do so. I'm only still nineteen and twenty in a few weeks so still young and still finding myself. So I'm finding that I'm still trying to gather sense of pride and ownership of my own autistic and dyspraxic neurodivergent identity and finding trying to fit with finding like getting away from some of the society social norms of how to express myself as still finding my own identity and which is still quite a struggle for me since leaving university and which I'm finding a space to try and to do. Personally I found from personal level of looking at Twitter and different social media platforms of how any work divergence of expressing themselves and finding how they all identify themselves has been quite empowering and kind of inspired me to almost start to feel comfortable in finding that within myself. In terms of breaking from the social norms, to when I see my gender and self in less in a rigid way, and that's some, something that I, and you know, like identity is something that we all try to find and express and we fit into that. Back to Callum's point of what I do to relax, which is going to link into the future segment of me and my interests, which I probably won't discuss on this episode, but we'll do in the future as a short brief segment on what, what are my interests. I'll briefly state to you that how I relax is to listen to music or listen to podcasts. Sometimes I like watching a light-hearted comedy has like nothing too heavy and some way of escapism so that's personally how I tend to relax. Uh, Callum, Callum Bravo also asked me about autism culture within education. This is a term that I have to wrap myself around and try to understand what he meant by this but from my assumptions I'm 19, almost 20, born in the year 2000, so it's difficult to separate the then and now of my education and 
to today's education as they are pretty recent, fairly recent time went since they left school and uh, through their education of sixth form. And I'll recognise that some of my experiences within education was fortunate and privileged to not have some of the experiences that some others have because some people have struggled to get diagnoses says within education and the right support or experienced certain level of extreme bullying and certainly some would describe school as a traumatic experience but I personally with this question found it's time given me time to look out back at my own education and rethink of how I would change that. Personally, from my experiences, that I can still understand what is it's like today, and some notes I w- would like to see changed is, as I discussed previously, like would like to see more education and training of everyone in education, the whole education system of greater understanding autism, dyspraxia, dyslexia, ADHD and other neurodivergent conditions within education so people probably could understand and figure out if like they themselves are, have such conditions so we can see like the way like more increase in diagnosis and more access to that and more social understanding of these conditions, more awareness and acceptance within education. I still feel that there is still a bit of injustice and some way to go to in achieving that. As I said, we need great understanding and lessons around neurodivergency and ableism within school environments to be able to learn about the different way you know, various ways of social discrimination and different injustices within society. Also need to look at how the architects and structuring of the school system can be made more accessible, not just for neurodivergence, but for any disabled person. As most high-raised schools lack the facilities of having elevators, making certain the school environment inaccessible to some students, involving also having maybe loud environments which can be essentially challenging. So I think needing to also look at the needs and the interests of all those in the school and not making it feel like when you ask for certain things it's not going the school's not going out of the way to cater to the needs of you as an individual but in terms of like the the burden of autism culture and education i think you know we need to look at the social challenges within change within these institutions with that uh, students transfer to it's gonna be like quite a socially challenging time and quite challenging time for students' mental health. So I guess more focus and catering towards students' mental health and well-being navigating through change. I have a question here from 
Billy from Dyspapsic Help from you. Actually, series of questions or is one of the key supporters in this podcast in its infancy. And I look forward to working and collaborating with him on future pod- projects with this podcast. He's asked me, in a series of questions, he's asked me, uh, the first question that Billy from this practical for you asked was this what was the dri- what is the driving force in pushing for change uh, for neurodivergence apart from being neurodivergent myself? Billy, I think this is a great question. Personally I find that I have been interested in politics for a while and Inge- and interested in engaging with such a series. P- but personally, I found originally when started studying this in university, a bit too anxious to, to engage with, and which can be quite an socially anxious thing for many due to the hostility and the polarisation which we see in politics today. But I find, due to my own interest in that and my own special interest in that which could say as being autistic with having special interests and I think politics is key and I find that I'm interested in things as interested in politics for the people democracy as interested in political movements like what's seen around the different sides of the Brexit campaigns there are Disability equip the vote social movement which you see in, in America around the 2020 general uh, presidential election even. Different uh, environmentalist movements like uh, Extinction Rebellion and different Me Too movements in terms of the fourth wave of feminism and Black Lives Matter movements which are happening at the moment in matter civil rights movement. So I'm look, I kind of look at it from a perspective of how this seems quite engaging and exciting of how our generation and our cohort of people are, are dealing with such social injustices at the moment in society and think that as a group of neurodivergence, we see certain injustices within society that we went to deal with and we need change for. So I'm passionate about this and passionate about seeing change and working together to learn as a collective to navigate and collect the different ideas to exchange the ideas which you'll hear a bit more in the future episodes of this podcast as I'm going to discuss how we can rebuild, you know, society as we're not inclusive of neurodivergence, especially after the time that we will have to rebuild our economy in a post-pandemic era. So interesting looking at the bigger picture, but also looking at a little small steps on things needed from this. So I'm excited to engage in with this conversation with every neurodivergence of how things we 
we need to see as collective within society. I personally also find that I'm constantly learning about what change we need to see as a collective and personally finding I'm constantly learning from other people's experiences in forming my own view of this but I personally find that I have good intentions with this and trained and very passionate about learning how we need to address certain injustices as a community and feel that neurodivergence could have a you know, social movement of its own as what I want to engage with with this platform creating with neuro names to focus on a kind of like current affairs, the political debates around this as well as lifestyle socio-economic issues as well but to look at what what we need to do as collective the second question i had from billy from this practical for you largely reflects the honing in on the westminster politics system of he asked about what would you do differently about implementing a, a sado minister for neurodivergent neurodivergent policies and I personally said that in order to have a Sado minister we would have to have like some sort of junior minister within government who works on such policy and so they can actually scrutinise the work specifically the government are doing on this uh, with this I find we also need to look at the party politics, how we can actually make sure that we can reflect that neurodivergency is represented in party policies because I don't find that is just going to be good enough just to have neurodivergence ministers in the House of Commons as within the opposition or within the government if they and going to represent the policies that neurodivergent or disabled people want to see. But we also got to look at the fact that we also need, in addressing this as a idea, so that we just can't make such roles without not actually looking at how we can actually motivate and make sure Parliament is seen as inaccessible and politics seen as accessible and desirable things so we can see more disabled people and more neurodivergent people on the or in the houses of commons and within house the house of parliament so we also got to look at the infrastructure of parliament the establishment itself and look at the wider issues of agreed social conversation around neurodivergent issues to make this more achievable. It's like I find that personally it would mobilise people to participate and be interested in politics if there was more education of politics within school systems and seen it as a more desirable route as there is lack of diversity still in politics as it tends to be made up of like 
Susan Wolfe 70 and there's a disproportionate lack of representation which we need to look at if we're going to have greater cognitive diversity within workplaces and especially high, high areas of power and influence like Parliament also looking at how when we're in, introducing and talking about government's policy on the road emergency, how we can ensure that the people in the civil services and within the media working to look at the change that is needed to put pressure on the government to introduce certain change and making sure that the policy is representative and examines certain areas that non-neurodivergence or neurotypical people may not recognise. To extend from uh, the point from the second question, I would also say that we need to look how Parliament, to realise the fact Parliament isn't designed with disabled people in mind, neither is its constitution, as when you think about it, our human rights aren't protected as in statute to the highest uh, state that it could be. And we need to look at how certain atmosphere within Parliament isn't accessible for people with sensory difficulties as there seems to be a lot of jeering and loud noise within Parliament when it's sitting on, on a regular Prime Minister's questions. But you also got to consider how for many other different disabilities, like people with different physical disabilities that the building and the structures of the House of Parliament itself isn't accessible to increase the, the need for more disabled representatives within the House. On to the third and final question for Billy from Dyspraxic Help for You. And Billy asked, are you passionate enough to get into politics and what can I gather for, well, what I can gather for what he asked about the, this uh, links into the last point somewhat and, as I said, need more disabled people within politics, more neurodivergent people in politics. He also asked about the ability to disclose this uh, to enable greater representation. I, I, well, I said about this, I'm keenly interested on politics and the need for more social change and political change for neurodivergence. And I am quite opinionative about political issues, but wouldn't go into sets on, on this podcast as such, but me highlighting gloss over in future episodes. But I, I would speak on the matter of whether I ever get into politics. It's a case I've never seen ever, but I find due to the state of like, revolt getting into politics can do to your mental health, I say no. And with the situation, the way the structure of, as I said, politics isn't designed for where the political institutions aren't really designed for 
disabled on the road to roads and people in mind is great concern for me and to find the polarised and hostile state of politics that it currently is that I see it not as a place I would want to engage with especially I don't see it as a situation that I would be asking if I seat on the green benches anytime soon but as I said we need to make sure that changes to, so we don't see our disabled people feel that Westminster and well, any political institution such as the Senate in Wales or different regional government bodies, party politics or different means of getting involved in politics, different activism and campaigning is now to the reach for disabled people on neurodivergent people. In terms of like what I would say in the public eye, and in the workplace of people are I feel like we need to have a conversation to address ableisms and address the social attitudes to disable uh, disability and neurodivergency probably to make people feel more comfortable in in, in feeling that they are meant to be represented in themselves in such a way and when to actually put themselves in these platforms and feel that they're included in such an environment. And that exactly to the idea of people feeling more comfortable to engage and to be able to open up in the workplaces or within different means of society to disclose their disability. And and I think we need to look gather language and social conversations around disability so we're not using the, the terms like suffering, debilitating, restricted or confined which can implies that certain stuff is out of reach for disabled people within society and, to, and which kind of discourages people for, from in, finding independence and kind of just goes to so oh, inaccessible certain areas of society is to disabled people. Which I can uh, say I, I am this has to change and I am definitely determined on working on definitely developing greater change and a great understanding within the conversation. And, and I say this, I'm passionate about politics but sometimes it's a troubling thing to engage with due to the as I said hostility of it but uh, yeah it's definitely one of those interests of mine that's it for today's questions and this is almost a wrap on the second episode on the podcast next time I'm looking forward to having a guest on and it will be a daunting experience still as I never recorded properly with a guest on this podcast. I, I wasn't able to, as I said, release this t- intended on Saturday, but uh, I'm glad that I have been able to get on to recording and releasing the next episode as I went to make this a weekly feature on your podcast feed and make sure that it feels like something you want to 
get on, get on to listening to and maybe getting on and joining on the conversation. So treat this, subscribe to us and share this with everyone you know and so dear to guess, get people listening, meant more listeners of course, but yeah, there's, and uh, glad for that and still finding there's some trail and errors with recording this and getting used to speaking on the microphone. So looking forward to doing more of this in the future. I'm glad I was able to record this on a Sunday after the intended Saturday. But I'm also looking to do future episodes on mental health, chronic illnesses and of course, as I said, gender identity and expression. And looking more at the coronavirus pandemic, the effect that it had on the community. So feel free to communicate to us, drop us an email, drop us a DM, tweet at us or get involved somehow with the conversation as we engage, get you on to represent your ideas and thoughts on this. And I have many thoughts on bubbling away and spouting with this and different segment ideas and features, which is a struggle to me to be able to like cohesively get us all together. But I got an idea for a future segment looking at men- mental health and, and having a conversation around this as looking at doing a feature based around the hashtag not alone talks. Maybe I mean talks to the people who host that hashtag, that conversation, to bring some of that conversation to this podcast coming soon. Specifically when to focus on mental health and looking at the not alone has talk hashtag because I've seen an amount of good work that's been doing recently and want to be able to host some light hearted conversations around mental health and some sort of like community vibe with this podcast, especially for those who will find it challenging within the man- winter months of with their mental health and feelings of loneliness, especially due to the social distancing and the new ways around the pandemic. Of course, been an exhausting years for many of us, so feeling like there's need for a greater podcast community for new divergence always find uncertain challenges and feel free to send us a voice recording of you coming up for you to like save your thoughts on any of the topics coming up and make sure you subscribe we now got we now releasing videos on youtube of this podcast interesting getting some people to maybe transcribe and provide subtitles for that to make them more accessible you, you know, can leave us a review and we and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Anchor. And I'm hoping that they'll get more proactive on this as, as soon as breaking away from that kind of like week of fatigue recently and looking forward to getting to do more of these episodes. Thank you. Look forward to hearing well, you hearing from me next time.